Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Teamwork, a Better Way podcast. I'm Christian Napier, and I am honored to be joined by the incomparable Spencer Horn. Spencer, good morning. Happy Monday. How are you? Fantastic, Christian. Thank you so much. And, you know, <clears throat> hard to, uh, I just love being with you every every single time we get on here. So I, I'm very jealous of myself getting to spend all this time with you. <laughs> well, that's very kind of you to say, but I'm jealous of you because you had some groundbreaking news over the weekend. Why don't you tell us what happened? <laughs> well, we just had, well, I, we didn't, my daughter had our sixth grandbaby. And uh, we are so excited. We had another granddaughter just yesterday, and I, I couldn't be happier. She is such a, a, a cutie. Well, the, the Horn family continues to grow. That's awesome. I'm so, uh, so thrilled for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yeah, very, very excited. And kudos to your daughter and son-in-law. I'm sure they're thrilled as well. They are. Well, I'm also thrilled because we've got a fantastic guest that you've lined up for us, Spencer. So maybe without further ado, you can introduce our guest to us today and we can get right down to business. Absolutely. So I'm excited to bring on Heath Barnes, who is, uh, you're in California today, right, Heath? That's right. I'm in San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. Typically he's out of, out of Houston, but all kinds of fun stuff going on and remodeling his house. So he's just like, hey, I'm, I'm moving in and headed to Southern California, but I met Heath, uh, gosh, it's been, I, I don't know, we, we met recently again about six months ago. Yeah, but and, 10 years ago, I think we met originally. That, that's right, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, and I, was, I was speaking at a group of which he's part of, and, and, and we, he was like, how do, how do I know you? And, we, and we're like, how do I know you? But uh, Christian, he attended Rapport Leadership Training that I used to be a part of and used to be the CEO of that, that company. You know, we've talked about them occasionally and, mm. and Heath is somebody that is constantly developing and, and growing. And, and it's, it's so exciting because he's a very, very successful entrepreneur. He's had a business in the, the mortgage industry for 20 years and has grown that to a, a great successful company. He's got a team, a, a small team that he works with that he's mentored and developed and, and, and constantly helping them. But you know, in addition to having all this this industry expertise in the loan officer and in mortgage industry, I think you know what's really interesting is he's also a podcaster, he's a coach, he's a mentor, he's a triathlete. I didn't know that you were a triathlete. Yes, that, that's why you look always so lean and mean and and that's right. Uh, uh, skier, where do you where do you love to ski? Uh, my wife and I have a place in Vail, so we spend most of our time there. Very, very, very Love nice. It. Fly fisherman. So does that mean like you are a fly when you fish? I mean, you look hot. Is that what it is? Or are you, yeah, you it, like to fly it, fish? Yeah, it's uh, I one time one time a year I spend a couple of days with my uncle in uh, uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, or actually in Idaho. We do a couple of days of fly fish and I've been doing that for about 15 years. So I, I think that classifies me as a fly fisherman. Okay, good. And your fly when you fly fish. There you go. Okay. Yes. Pilot. <laughs> You, 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 what do you fly? Yeah. You know, I'm not active as a pilot, but I got my license, I guess, 15 years ago. And when I met my wife, uh, after a few years, she's like, uh, you know, your ADHD is not good with, uh, piloting and her 
fear of abandonment uh, quickly got me out of the captain's seat. So, but uh, do you have my license? I've got about a hundred hours. Piper, once a uh, Piper Warrior. And nice, nice. Yeah. But not only that. Sorry, I'm, I'm I lag every once in a while. I'll just ignore that. But mountain climber, which I I resonate with, pianist, sommelier, uh, hiker. So just someone that is just loves life and has so much joie de vivre. I mean, he's got so much energy. I'm so excited for you to be with us. And uh, you know, we're we're talking about a topic today, which uh, which I think you have a lot of great information on because you are somebody that is constantly mm. growing and developing. Mm -hmm. But the idea that what we want to talk about, Heath, is how to keep your best performers engaged. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. we're, we're, we're going to talk about some of the challenges and, and get your ideas. And, and Christian, maybe you can say a little bit more about the topic before we, we throw that over to Heath here. Sure. Uh, well, the, the impetus for this was an article that, uh, that appeared recently in Fast Company uh, magazine, and it's about the S-curve and people, uh, you know, in this great resignation, or as the author um, states, the great aspiration, uh, that high-performing uh, people are leaving for more fulfilling opportunities elsewhere. And so... Uh, We'd like to ask a little bit about why people disengage in the first place, why high performers uh, at some point in their careers with your company or our companies or whatever, uh, why they become dissatisfied after maybe years of peak performance and they, and they start to just disengage uh, mentally and emotionally from that job and, and start to look for different opportunities. And so perhaps, uh, Heath, we can start with that. You know, uh, in your experience, have you seen certain high performers uh, disengage? And what's the reason for that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, often I believe high, high performers are going to disengage when they feel like the person that's leading them, like there's a loss of connection, like the person uh that's like at least for me um if i don't have a connection with the person above me who's leading the charge uh i'm probably gonna look elsewhere uh, i i want someone that's engaged in who am i who i am as a person and actually cares about me uh and i believe most people want someone else to care about them but more importantly having someone that sees the higher self for you. They see a higher person with inside you, like who you could become in life. I don't know who the entrepreneur was, but uh, I'll think of it before we get off. But uh, this uh, entrepreneur years ago, very successful and was being interviewed. And, you know, one of the questions they asked him was like, how is it that you have so many highly successful people that work for you. Like they all make an, an enormous amount of money. And how do you attract that kind of person? He's like, well, when they came to me, they weren't doing this well. And for me, what I was able to do is I was able to see the gold inside of them. And if you think about it, it's a, it's a perfect metaphor for people, because if, if you're mining for gold inside of someone, how much dirt, do you first have to remove from that person to find the gold? So, you know, connection and seeing that person for who they are and what's possible for the, uh, for them in their life and continuing to talk about that vision uh, will, will keep that person engaged in the organization, no doubt. So, so have you? did you have someone that did that for you? 
Um, yes, uh, I, I've had several mentors that have done that for me. Um, you know, they just use that ser uh, servant attitude where, you know, they're always willing to help. And currently, you know, I've, I've just gone through a transformation in my life. Uh, for, you know, almost 18 years, I ran a branch myself and I had multiple employees and, you know, I, uh, there's, there, I, I wish I was better at doing what we're talking about. So there's like two kinds of people, those, those people you can learn from who have done it really well. And those people who haven't done it really well. And so I recently gave up my entire branch and decided I'm going to, I'm going to stay in my lane, which is originating loans. And I have a team of six and a guy that I coached seven years ago, who I have a lot of um, admiration for his name is uh, Ace Alec and he now gives that to me and I just was just like right before I got on this call I said hey Ace I gotta let you go I said I'm about to do a podcast and uh and I said you know one of the things I love about you Ace is uh you know you just fill me up man you and I connect once a week and we talk about what's where we're going together and even though you're the branch manager you're all you're I feel you're engaged in my future and without that, you know, people become a transaction. And as soon as someone feels feels like they're a transaction, they are gone. Like people just want to feel like what their life matters and that their, you know, management is engaged in their, their future. Well, as you mentioned, Heath, that's an, that's an easier said than done thing, right? Uh, mm. uh, maybe it's more natural for some people to to forge these kinds of relationships with their mm -hmm. contributors and for others it may not be uh such a natural thing to do and so i'm curious in your experience you know mm -hmm. how do you how do you make sure that you can carve out time to to forge these mm -hmm. kinds of relationships because it takes time and uh, sometimes uh, CEOs, they get so busy, you know, uh, business yeah. leaders get so busy that they just feel like, well, I don't have time to, yeah. to develop these people. Like you talk about mining for gold. I don't have the yeah. time to remove all the dirt to find the gold in this person. <laughs> yes, so, I love that. So how do I go about doing that? How do I make that a priority uh, instead of just, as you said, just talking about it and wishing that it would happen? Yeah, for sure. Well, first, I invite you to think about what your life looked like without them. What's your life look like if they leave, right? And so, uh, and what's your life look like with them? And um, thinking about, okay, well, I don't have the time. Usually, it's not the time. Time is a representation of all of your relationships in life. That's what time is. And so when you say, I don't have time, you, you, what you're really saying is I'm disconnected from people, right? Because the, the, the amount of time that you spend with anybody, whether it's your wife, your kids, your employees, it's time that you get to spend. You don't have to spend it. Like you don't have to spend it with your high performing uh, employees, you get to spend it. It's a total change in how you see yourself and how you see the opportunity. And I ask you, if you don't have time, what do you have time to do? Uh, most of the people spend their time on the things they enjoy doing. So what's underneath not having the time or not wanting to be connected with your employees, like asking a deeper.
that was not to uh, that was not to cut you off there. That was no uh, that was to punctuate that that great uh, that great comment, and um, because that is that, that is so important that we are connecting with people because there is nothing else more important. Heath and I just I, I just wanted to to kind of get people to to marinate on that a second because I love what you just said. It's 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 mm-hmm. not about time. It's about connections with people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So so when you think about why people are are disengaging, mm-hmm. think about what we've been through through the last two years. Mm-hmm. People in companies. Are, mm-hmm. are starting to realize, you know, it is not worth trading my mental well-being, my physical well-being for a paycheck. And mm-hmm. if somebody is not connected to me as my mentor, my boss, my manager, whatever it is, they don't care about me. I mean, I just went for a run this morning. You know, Christian and I talk about, I, I go up and hike and run in the mountains all the time. And I went with this, with this great uh, young man. I mean, he's a young man. He's got a family and and he was just talking about how his boss, you know, asked him how his move was. He's there in Maryland. He's now in Utah. And then cuts him off and, like, I'm not really interested in what you have to say. I'm interested in what I brought you in to talk to you about. And it's so apparent that, you know, this this person is now choosing to leave that company that mm-hmm. he has been with for years and years and years because they, they don't value him. They don't take that time to develop that relationship with them. And people today are just done because A, there's so many opportunities out there and B, it's not worth the paycheck and the grief anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think people are dying for connection in life. They're dying for connection um, with their family. They're dying for connection with their employees or with their, their bosses and yeah it's like being connected with someone is being present in that conversation with them and maybe that boss didn't even realize that that's what he was doing i'm sure his boss like i take the stance that he didn't really intentionally decide to be disconnected from him but as you know yeah it's yeah i think it's important to ask you know figuring out what's uh, what's important for your employees but number one are most important for a boss is you know getting like getting feedback from your employees like because feedback if you think about it is just neutral so i'm curious about something that spencer mentioned at the beginning you are involved in a lot of different things uh, and and uh, I I'm guessing that Spencer just scratched the surface on all the various things that you're that you're involved in, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about this um, how you personally have kind of gone through life to give yourself new challenges and and I'm curious about how we as employers or as uh, leaders. We can get stuck in routine sometimes. How do we keep things fresh? How do we keep people, um, uh, how do we present them with new challenges uh, uh, so that they they always feel this kind of, you know, mental and emotional uh, stimulation and drive to keep moving forward? So maybe you can just give us a little bit about, about you and how you've gone through your life reinventing yourself and how that might apply to, to others. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I see life for me as an adventure and I'm uh, constantly 
looking at and trying new opportunities. I give an example. So about three years ago, four years ago, maybe I decided at 48 years old or 47 years old, I'm going to pl start playing the piano. And now I've got zero musical talent, like zero. Like I've, I've never done anything uh, with music and started taking piano lessons. And there's a moment when you pick up something, whatever it is that you start doing, that you, you, in the beginning, you start, you feel like, oh, I can do this, I can do this. But there's always that moment in time in which you feel, okay, well, maybe this isn't for me. And usually that's like a plateau where you need to hire someone, a person to help you get to the next level. And some people either decide, I'm not, this is not for me, or they kind of break through that. And I, you know, over my life just have found, okay, I'm going to continue to challenge myself mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, because I know that that's going to give me the best in life. And so if you have an employee as well, you, if you're engaged in their life, like you're engaged in a, in a continual conversation and they, they really mean a lot to you, you're going to track that conversation. You're going to remember some of the things that you talked about with them before. But you're also going to be asking them questions. You know, what else do you think is possible in your life? Uh, because really, we all need someone to continue that conversation to help push us out into the world, push us into courage, uh, push, give us the courage uh, that we need and tell us, hey, it's possible because it's like it's possible with anyone. There's a great book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Dweck. Yeah. Dwick, yeah. And, you know, just says anything is possible. So two years ago, uh, at the beginning of COVID, um, I, I look for signs in life as well. So I got, I got several signs about cryptocurrency and I was like, not that I was technologically challenged and I picked it up and just like, I went all in and like saw the future in cryptocurrency and started buying it and here i am two years old later and i'm thinking like i'm, I'm about to, i think i'm about to start a new podcast on cryptocurrency and it's about just like being where you are not pretending and just saying hey this is where i am you know i've been in it for two years um and i enjoy it and interviewing other people that are smarter than you so uh, yeah, you've so even, I just continually challenge myself. You've even made yourself available to coach others on on how to do that, and and so once you learn something, 100%. you're you're helping others. And you know, you you talked about something that a that there's a plateau, and I think one of the things let's talk about what happens with our with our peak performers. These are not all of yeah. our uh, performers. But peak performers are always wanting to challenge themselves and grow. And when we learn something new, it starts off where it's called, you know, a J curve, right? So you start playing yeah. the piano and you start to kind of go down because you may it's hard, you get frustrated. But when you fight through that, you start to then increase in competency. Mm. But your brain is, is making new synapses, new connections. Anytime mm. you do something for the first time, it's uncomfortable, it's difficult because the, those synapses aren't aren't created. And so mm -hmm. it takes energy and effort. And as you do that, it starts to feel good because you start to get a return, a return on investment for your cryptocurrency, right? And, and so that starts yeah. giving you dopamine and you start saying, wow, that effort is paying off. And we love that as, as human beings. I mean, certainly the high performers love that. They love that challenge of, of growing and seeing success. But there comes a point 
when that J curve ends and that's where the plateau happens. And when we hit that plateau, things become easy and literally our brain is no longer firing and giving us that dopamine feed. And so we, st we start to get bored. And so what happens is, is some of our best employees, if you're not constantly challenging them and creating new J curves for them, they get to a point where they're no longer engaged. They're not getting that dopamine fire. And if you are not giving them that time that you talked about, Heath, mm -hmm. they're checked out. They're like, I am I am not excited about going to work every day. And so that's yeah. where we're losing some of our people thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, constantly finding those new opportunities and continuing that conversation. You know, we'll tell that person, hey, this guy is interested in who I am as a person. Um yeah. So I yeah, it's it's and as you're saying that, I'm thinking, okay, well, they don't all have to be professional J curves. They don't all, they could, they could also be personal. And even some people say, you know, diving into someone's personal life is like off limits. You know, I think at least for me, uh, if someone, if my boss asked me about my marriage and I was felt connected with them, like I would go deep, like in talking about that, like, but when you give someone like that much connection. So I, I'll tell you the story as this came up for me. I'm having a conversation with an employee. He's been with me for seven years. And he literally told me, my wife think, doesn't feel like she's attractive anymore. And we like went into a super deep conversation about what, how that came about and put together a strategy for him to have a conversation and bring it up so they could have a tighter marriage. And what's funny is two weeks later, he's driving with his wife and he brings up the fact that she had said this two weeks ago. And what's funny is she doesn't even remember the conversation and having said that, that she doesn't feel that attractive anymore. And he has spent the last two weeks talking about this and figuring out, okay, what am I doing? And the only reason I tell you that story is because if you have a deep connection with someone that's on your team and they can talk about insecurities in their relationships and their marriage, because we all have them, like marriage is full of insecurities. You know, you have a, a connection with an employee that it's really probably not going to ever leave. Like if he does. That that is that is absolutely correct, and you know I I actually love what you said. And now, Christian, you've got something to say here. But so I, I'm thinking about your business, right? You got a team of seven. So what does that mean? That means that there's probably not a lot of room for them to come and take your job unless you give them your job, right? So there's not a lot of opportunity for, for example, for for continued growth on that new J curve. So what you said is 100% correct, in my opinion. Even if you're in, with a large corporation, you may be part of a department where you've hit that ceiling. So how do you create new J-curves? Invest in, in, in your people. That can be investing in, in personal time. And first of all, I, mm. I don't believe there's a separate... I think, if anything, this last two years, we've learned that separating our personal life from business life is, is not a great strategy. I mean, we are 
we, we are humans at, at, you know, that have a human experience at work and at home. And it's really hard to separate those because both of those environments affect each other. So if you could invest in that employee that you talked about in a way that helps them have a better home life, well, then you're exactly right. They're going to be more connected to you and more loyal to you because you have helped them in, in something. Even if you sent them to say, a, you know, I know you send your team to, to, to leadership training, like, like rapport and other things that you, right. And it may not necessarily be because they're going to come back and manage your team. Now it's just because you want to develop them and give them something to, to to give them more tools and skills for life. I mean, that's kind of what you're talking about, isn't it? Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Investing in them, sending like regularly, I send them to some type of training and usually I like to, I like to hear from them, you know, what they're interested in. You know what area of life they want to be enrolled in. Um, what 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 do they what what kind of training do they need? Uh, on a month uh, quarterly basis, we're asking. Um, you know, do you feel cared for as an employee? Are you getting the training? How am I doing as a leader? Uh, totally anonymous, and that's just you know pure feedback from the team. That's so interesting. Right before the podcast started, Spencer and I were having a conversation about job crafting where people can kind of take their careers into their own hands to a certain extent and kind of build out their own job description. And that's just what you described, which is, hey, what training do I think is important for me? Which is a lot. That's a very different question than what training does my boss think is important for me. Yeah. Uh, But then I have some kind of personal investment because I personally have said I would like to do this and uh, Mm. kudos to you for allowing that to happen. Yeah, totally. I think uh, people often uh, tell more than they should ask, like for employees, like if you just ask them a bunch of questions and figure out what they want, you'll have a more successful employee. So, Great comments. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, there's a couple of things I want to add. And, you know, when I, when I met you, uh, doing this, this speaking that I, that we, where I saw you again, 10 years later, I was actually talking about delegation. Mm. And so another way for us to be able to keep our people engaged is to give them challenging assignments. It may not Mm. be that you are promoting them, right. But, but, Give them a problem to solve. Help them to to come up with, trust them enough to solve a difficult problem. The the, the challenge that many entrepreneurs and and business leaders have is they think they have to have all the answers and they are afraid to let let some of those deep thought or Mm. thinking problems go to their team. But think about if you throw that to them and delegate those challenges to them, A, it says, I trust you and it gets them uncomfortable again. So they have to be challenged and go through that J curve all over again to hopefully re-engage them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just having that conversation with them. Hey, I've got this really tough problem that I want to give to you and let me go over it with you. And I'm giving it to you because like, here's what I see in you. I, I see you as a connected employee who likes new challenges and you seems like the kind of person that can, they can knock something like this out. Am I on the right track? And right, what the person is going to say is like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
right? And so you're seeing the, the higher self in that person. I, I just want to, I want to point out something else that you said. You, you actually do surveys that, that check in with, with the engagement. I think that is another brilliant suggestion for those of you who are listening. Know how each person on that team is doing. Are they feeling cared for? Are they being invested in? And, and as Christian said, are we investing in you in an area that you would like to learn more about? And it may not be related to something that they're doing right now, but they say, listen, I've got these other skills over here and I'd like to, I'd like to be able to enhance those. But talk, I, one of the things that I think is really important is to have this conversation with your high performers about this phenomenon of, uh, of disengagement that happens when you get to a place where you're competent and you're no longer challenged. And so actually as part of your feedback discussions to say, listen, this is a common thing that may be happening to you. I just want to check out where you are and see what we can do to, you know, to, to re-engage you in different ways. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've begun preaching to my team is feedback is totally neutral. And when you, when you give feedback to someone, it, it is, it's information. That's all it is. And most of the time as teams, like we want, we're, we're too nice. Like try kind, kind is giving them direct feedback and understanding. Okay. It's totally neutral. I'm going to give you some feedback. This is what's working and this is what's not working. Uh, and that's like pure feedback. Um, and we do that on a regular basis. One other exercise that we do on a weekly basis, uh, is, uh, we do a check-in call. Uh, describe your wins for the week personally and professionally, um, some things you struggle with and how you overcame them. And then also who's your replacement number of the, the, the last, uh, and then the last question, um, is, um, on a scale of one to 10, how stressed are you? Like how much, how much stress do you have in your, you know, personal or professional life? And so that's a weekly check-in call to really get engaged on that employee. Uh, I think that's, uh, those are all excellent suggestions, and I really appreciate you sharing your experience with us. Uh, gosh, Spencer, we're up against it. Uh, the, the time flew so quickly. We've already gone our 30 minutes, but um, this has been an absolutely fascinating conversation, Keith, and I'm really looking forward to getting to learn about you even more. If our listeners or viewers want to learn more about the things that you're involved in and how you could potentially help them, what's the best way for them to contact you? Yeah, they could just go to my website, theheathbarnsshow.com. Uh, or they could actually, uh, you know, send me a text message, 832-771-8194. Happy to help. All right, theheathbarnsshow.com. We'll definitely check it out. And Spencer, Altium Leadership can help uh, organizations in so many ways. What's the best way for them to... Uh, people to uh, reach out and contact you. Thank you, Christian. You know, reach out to me on our, go to our website, altiumleadership.com. That's A-L-T-I-U-M leadership.com. And, uh, or email me at spencer at, at altiumleadership.com. Christian, come on. How can I find you, man? I need you. <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Christian Napier, or you can uh, go to my website, gp4.com. That's uh, gpfour.com or email me at cnapier at gp4.com. 
All right, gentlemen. Well, it's been a great start to the week. Uh, happy Monday to both of you and to all of our listeners. And uh, listeners, please like and subscribe to our podcast. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks.